So hello and welcome to this special episode of the Shiny Side Up podcast, dedicated to improved production racing around Australia and hosted by Mick Hazelton and myself, Chris White. This episode was recorded at the season launch of the IPRA New South Wales season at V-Sport in Arndell Park on the 12th of February 2020. Thanks again to V-Sport for hosting and for their generous sponsorship of the 2020 IPRA season. This podcast is the third of a series of short interviews of under 2 litre and over 2 litre competitors in the New South Wales Championship. Matthew Larmore is in his second season of racing in the under 2 litre class, but is no newcomer to improve production. His father has been racing for decades and his uncle has also been a fixture in IP for many years. Matthew grew up around the category and we really enjoyed his insights. Thanks to Matthew and to the Larmore family and thanks again to V-Sport and to all the IPRA New South Wales sponsors for their ongoing support of our club and category. If you enjoy the podcast, don't forget to subscribe on Facebook and in your podcast app for future episodes. Give us a five-star rating and we hope you enjoy the show. So can you tell us a little bit about yourself and uh, how you've come into motorsport, like families or other people you know? Yeah, so uh, I'm Matthew Larmore. Um, I've been introduced to motorsport since... I can remember basically. So my dad has been racing for, I believe like 40 years. So he's been doing it a long time and I'd hardly call it a passion, more an obsession. (laughs) Um, And it's gone into my blood too. And my uncle races as well. So uh, it was, it was inevitable that I was going to race eventually. Uh, So my first experience with racing was when I was 14 so I managed to luckily turn 14 just as they changed the rules for super sprints in New South Wales. Yep. So I did uh, a super sprint series in an automatic Mark III Golf GL. So probably 60 horsepower at that time. Uh, suspension that was so incredibly soft. I nearly rolled it at every corner. Um, <laughs> but I did... I did that, and then I moved to the Mirage, which I currently race, and I competed in my first season at the start of 2019 in IP. Yeah, that's pretty awesome. Did you did you get to do much track time in the Mirage before you jumped in, or did you just turn up at Eastern Creek in that 50-car field and go, let's have a go? I did I did do a full season of the Super Sprint Series in the Mirage before. But not I, with 50 cars on the grid, right? Not, not, with, not with 50 cars, no, and not with the same amount of pressure. Uh, and I had never launched a car off a line before, so that was quite nerve-wracking. Um, I remember distinctly missing the start on the race. I was too busy focusing on who was in the right grid spots rather than <laughs> focusing on... Uh, if everyone else did their job right. focusing on whether everyone else did their job right rather than oh, me doing my job human. right. Yeah. So I, I remember just pointing out, going, oh, he should be there and he should be there. And then I saw everyone moving and I went, I should probably start going now. So Watch them down the road. I yeah, should be there. <laughs> I should probably be behind them. Um, so it was quite a daunting experience but once I was into it it was more or less just a super sprint where the person wouldn't move over for you so you had to make your way past yourself so that's the challenge though right yeah and that's half the fun super sprints you get a little bit of that experience but it's nothing like proper proper racing yeah 
So, Matthew, even though you've just started last season and it was a big daunting task, and I know you said you did super sprints before, yeah. but do you have a best drive that you're most proud of for, about your own efforts? I'd, I'd say the first race, I was, I was pretty proud that I managed to hold it together. I didn't actually meet the checkered flag, which was a little disappointing. Um, and that was probably uh, due to a bit of inexperience. Um, I had. If you need help getting used to that, come talk to me. <laughs> <laughs> he means not making the checkered flag. Not making the checkered flag. flag. Okay. I can talk you through it. You know, there's ways to deal. Yeah. <laughs> um, so it was. I had a, I had the linkage break, and I didn't realize it was the last lap because I didn't receive a last lap board. And rather than just running around in third gear, I brought it in. But up until then, I was having a really good race. Um, I was dicing, I was passing, getting past, um, but I just managed to hold everything together up until I brought it in and I was just pretty pleased with myself to, uh, to achieve something like that considering the lack of experience I had at the time. You should be proud, mate. There are two things there. One, you set yourself an achievable goal to go out and have fun and it was daunting and yeah. you might have missed the start, but then, you know, picked it back up. And to have the discipline to bring the car in when it's not right. Yeah. A lot of us have been guilty of that. And that's a very mature and good thing to do. And I'm sure your car was very thankful that you brought it home nice and safe rather than punishing it more. Yeah. So well done, mate. You should be proud. Thank you. Thank you. In those moments of passing, again, it's only going to be limited, but mm-hmm. I've seen some of your footage that you've put up from that meeting. Do you have a best pass? Um. The one that sticks out to me is at Eastern Creek. I think it was probably, I'm not sure I've lost track of the rounds, but it was middle of the year and I was dicing with my uncle for the whole race. Um, and he he was a lot faster than me during the race, but I knew if I could stay in front of him and hold him up for the race, I might be able to, to pull something out of the hat. Um, and I remember distinctly sticking right behind him probably you know a ruler length behind him coming around corporate hill uh and then just diving down the smallest of gaps at the hairpin and making the move stick until i reached the straight and he blew back past me <laughs> but but you worked so hard but i worked yeah. so hard yeah. and i was so incredibly proud of myself for the move that it didn't matter that it didn't mean anything it's it was still special to me well, it did mean something because you would have been further in front if you didn't pass yeah him and it was a little bit <laughs> straight a little bit of an ego thing as well rub his nose in it a little bit <laughs> when i got back to the pit <laughs> so yeah is that his old car as well or is is that, it your dad's old car um the car so your car my car is yeah my dad's right. old car so he would have, your uncle would have been racing against that car. Yeah, he's used and happy to, to beat it, and here it is sliding up the inside of him. That <laughs> yeah. would have really. <laughs> yeah, so it, that that is dad's old car. So no matter what, he just can't escape it. So it just chases him. <laughs> oh, great stuff! Great stuff. Do you have a favourite IP driver, and and why? Like, is it someone that you like to watch? Is it someone you like to race um, against? You've grown up with Kurt and Bob are pretty good. Um, but no, <laughs> uh, I, th- I think I have to say my dad. Oh, that's great. Well done. 
I'm oh, sure no. he would love to hear that. Yeah. Um, yeah. And he will. Yeah, he will <laughs> and he will hear it. Hear it. Um, I, I, regardless of the fact that we share the same blood, I do like the way he races. Um, he's very hard, uh, but I think he's fair as well. And it's, it's a, the way I want to grow up to race like, um, treating your competitors with respect, but also, you know, still having good racing. So, um, he'd probably be my, yeah, my favorite IP driver at the moment until he does something that annoys me on track. <laughs> yeah. That's that's bloody fantastic, mate. That's the culture we want in our category, and it's really good to hear. So, well, well done. Thanks for bringing that up. Most people would just pick something easy, but that was <laughs> that was well done. Well done. Who do you enjoy racing if it's not your father or your uncle? Is there someone else there that that is maybe around the same um, speed on the track that you've had some good battles with? I I've generally enjoyed everyone I've raced with. Uh, I think Matt Wildridge was quite entertaining to race with because he gives plenty of room. So you can pull off the most ridiculous overtakes <laughs> and he'll just let it happen. Um, so he, he's quite entertaining to race with. And also uh, Joshua Van Voorst and the other 1600. I think he's more interesting to race with because he's in the same class as me. So yep. there's a little bit at stake there. And yep. um, once again... Fair, plenty of room, uh, but still good hard racing. So. Yeah, that's great. That's very good. Do you have a hard luck story already from last season? Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty heartbreaking, the first race. My first, in, but... first race was pretty hard. Uh, it's not necessarily on track, but it was involved with racing uh, on the way to Wakefield, our tow vehicle broke down um and that was carrying two cars my dad's car and my car um and so i was left on the side of the road with the trailer while he slowly went back home at probably 10 to 20 kilometers an hour friend was called up to take me to the track just got there on time because i'm on my p plates i need to complete qualifying or else i can't start the event so just managed to squeeze in to do that um was having a good weekend and then final race the gearbox blew up. Oh. So I thought I was going to bring it back but unfortunately it just had to rub salt into the wound. Yeah, down bit. up down. Yeah. 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 Finish on a low. Well, that does happen to a lot of people yeah. and you still sound pretty positive so that's that's very good. Do you have a Stephen Bradbury moment where you just watched people fall off go too hard somewhere or you just how did i end up here at the end of the race um yeah that that same weekend that the gearbox blew up there was just such a high attrition rate that come the second last race of the weekend after the first lap i think i was running in fourth or fifth place and i'd qualified 11th so and I hadn't passed anyone on track, I don't think, up until that point. <laughs> or if I had, they at least got back past me. So that was a pretty cool feeling um, considering the circumstances and the car I'm driving. It was pretty cool. So I, that's the closest I'll get to a Stephen. Yeah, Walker that's still moment. a pretty good moment, isn't it? It's yeah. Like, yeah well, it's a bit daunting sometimes too. It was. It was because um, 
to where you just look it in the mirrors. Like, are they coming back? Are they oh, coming back I, at me? I knew my dad was coming and he um, he he wasn't going to give me any space. So I was constantly checking in the mirrors because the last thing you want to happen is to damage two cars within the same family. So, um, but it was cool because it gave me that taste of hopefully what the future holds, depending on where I go with the ah, car. Good, good. Do you know anyone in IP that you've been around that might have a car in the shed that you could encourage to come and get out? Um, there's there's plenty of cars I've seen um, growing up before I even started racing that were really good competitive cars that have uh, been stored away somewhere, but I, I can't put a name to them because there were so many. They're, they're almost legendary at this point because they show up win a championship or get a few yeah. trophies and then just disappear. Yeah, so They dump their whole budget into one championship. <laughs> yeah. So it would be cool to see a lot of them and to have a year where you have five or six guys battling for the, for the championship would be pretty interesting to watch. I think you're going to get it this year because Harry's gone and we've got, mm. like Chris and I have spoken about it a bit, I reckon there's at least four or five good fast cars and drivers. So yeah. I'm looking forward to the under two litres this year, that's for sure. And... Moving on to the last question for you is, do you have any hot tips who you think is going to take it out this year in overs and unders? Um, I don't want to do a commentator's curse. I think Kurt's in for a good shot. He's got a very quick car, and he was very quick last year. Yep, definitely. Uh, and once again with Harry out of the picture, who I think was the only one that gave Kurt a hard time last year. I think he's in... For a good shot for the unders, um, overs is interesting. I want to I want to put my money on Peter Hennessy if he runs every round. Yeah, that could be a good pick. You know, was, I don't think anyone's brought that up, but he was he was very quick. He um, ran a lot of thirds and fourths yeah. depending on who was around last year. So yeah, and I know I've raced him. He's punted me like a snooker ball through turn <laughs> one too. I lost the car. I spun in front of him. My fault, but. Look good on camera. <laughs> so yeah, that that's probably my pick for overs, but that's that's a hard one to pick. Yeah, overs. I think it's going to be very hard this year. It's quite open, and depending on who turns up. So again, thank you to our guest, and thank you to the IPRA New South Wales sponsors: Yokohama, Aussie Hire, Faber Competition Parts, Midas, DBA Disc Brakes Australia, Ravenol, Bring It Digital and vSport and thanks again to you our listeners please like share and subscribe for future episodes and take care i'm chris white see you later